Welcome back, everybody, to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. I am here again with Elliot and and Gary Garcia. And today, this is uh, technically our first episode, numero uno. And uh, right now, as we record this, we are in the middle of a global pandemic called COVID-19 that's affected every single one of us in this room and pretty much everyone that's listening, whether your church is shut down, maybe you're part of the select few that your church just stayed open during the whole thing. Um, But we all pretty much agree that due to COVID-19, it's pretty much changed youth ministry and how we are supposed to do youth ministry now and just had to adapt to it. And maybe there's some of us that are listening today that we haven't, our church hasn't even opened yet. We haven't been back in youth ministry yet. And uh, we're still strictly online or maybe not even doing anything. But uh, today we just want to talk about this um, topic and just kind of glean from some of the things we've seen, some of the things we've learned due to COVID and how we can apply that into our own ministries, into our leadership, to our students and uh, how we can grow from COVID-19. So I just want to open up the floor real fast. Do you guys have any thoughts on COVID-19 besides the fact that it's not the best thing in the world? It sucks. sucks. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Have you guys gotten tested for it? I have not. You have. I've gotten tested twice. Twice? And they were both positive. I'm just kidding. They were both <laughs> negative. Uh, Did you do the up the nose test? Yeah, yeah. They were not. Those are the bad ones. So here's the thing. The first one I went in and I was like, I saw the TikTok videos about how bad they were. And I, I don't know if you know this. I'm kind of an anxious person a little bit. Not not much, but sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so I was really surprisingly anxious about it. And mm-hmm. uh, like I was like gripping the chair. Right. And they and my whole family were getting tested um, and they make you go in one at a time. And my sisters were there and my parents and I went in and I'm like gripping the chair. And then I was like, yo, chill out. Like and she did it. And because I was so anxious about it, it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. And then I asked her, I'm like, Can you not tell my family how much of a <laughs> wuss I was. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. But I was like shaking. <laughs> and uh, then I, w- I got tested again. Um, like later, but my guard was down because I was like, oh, it didn't hurt as bad last mm-hmm. time. And I feel like that made it hurt worse. So the moral of the story is be anxious <laughs> and it will help to like, it sets it up. You know what I'm saying? My anxiety actually benefited me in that scenario. Uh, but you guys should get tested. Yeah. I don't want to get tested. So you'd be a part of, so I think fun. of it as like being a part of history. When all this is said and done, I'll be able to tell my kids like I was tested for COVID. And, you know? I, and I caught it. And both I didn't. Times. I never got it. They, there you go. They implanted it in me. This is a, <laughs> Charlie, this is a different podcast for you to do. I already made the decision. I was going to just say I have it rather than get tested because I don't want something up my nose. It's not that. It doesn't go like up your nose as much as it goes like back your nose through your. It's sort of like not straight up. Oh my like gosh. Back. That sounds horrible. That sounds awful. It's not. Yeah, it's not fun. I did a neti pot once. I almost passed out. Dude, those are brutal. I know you did a lot of neti pot in high school, but uh, oh, is that a different? It's thing? a different pot. Oh, okay, okay. It's California. <laughs> when you said that you didn't cry, you acted like a five-year-old. No, I didn't, I didn't cry. cry. I didn't cry. I was a big boy. <laughs> I don't. It gave me a lollipop. I afterwards. don't cry. Uh, but yeah, I think we all can agree that um, that COVID is has not been fun, and uh, it was. It's funny, at least for me, when this whole thing started, I was like, wow this is kind of cool. Like we can do youth ministry in a completely different way. And uh, luckily for us, we've had a YouTube page and we've been posting our uh, sermon videos. So I was like, oh, this will be different. It's just the same thing, but just it's strictly online. And the very first week was awesome. 
saw so many students, so many students that never been to youth before that just came across our YouTube page saying, this is awesome. And then fastly two, three weeks later, we just saw the biggest decline in attendance and just viewership. And uh, it was absolutely horrible. Yeah, I think everybody was like, you know, that's like pastors were always trying to like spin it, you know, and yeah. uh, can turn anything to a sermon or whatever. But it was like, I think we were forcing ourselves to be positive about it. And we were all seeing like, oh my gosh, look at the amount of people we reached on mm-hmm. YouTube. Rather, you know, we'd have so many people here at a normal service, uh, but 2,000 people viewed it, you know, and it was like, yeah. wow, this is amazing. Uh, but it was crazy how old that got oh, like, yeah. quick. And uh, yeah, it's been a weird, weird time. I mean, there was some necessity to it, I think, in the beginning, just because we were so unfamiliar with everything. But it it didn't last long as far mm-hmm. as kids' interest. I think it was fun for a little bit. But yeah. I mean, we did quarantine youth, which was helpful. And, and I think that felt good because it was a little bit of students from every youth group. Yeah, it was all of uh, us but together. If you, but if you look at it, big buy-ins, there wasn't, you know, I mean, we've been meeting in person we, since July because I just couldn't deal with it anymore, the whole yeah, yeah. online stuff. It's just not the same. I mean, I'm, I know we're probably jumping the gun a little bit, and we might repeat some of this yeah, when you get to your questions, but I think that's one thing that this time has just shown is, like, the necessity of relationship. It's changed the way I view youth ministry. Yeah. Like, it just has, even being back in person. Things that used to matter don't. I remember when we were finally opening back up outside, you know, um, I didn't know what to expect. And we always say this sort of thing, right? It's a real like youth pastor sort of thing to say, like, I want to, I don't care if there's five kids mm-hmm. or there's 500 kids. It's like, no, you want there to be 500 yeah. <laughs> kids. Like, don't lie. But uh, this is the first time I feel like I actually meant it, like mm-hmm. genuinely, not just to say it because it sounded good. Like I was genuinely, if there was five kids there, I did not care. Like yeah. it would have been so, and I would have had fun and it would have been amazing. And I would have went all out just for those five students because I was just like so homesick from seeing family and like from seeing the students and from being together. And uh, so I think it's it shifted my view of like that comparison game that we always play. Look how big their group was tonight. Look how like I don't care. Like I I care about the students. God has given me the the students that we're trying to reach in our community. And uh, yeah, like it just relationships are so necessary i think we're all feeling that it's like it's seven months can you believe that yeah of all this stuff it's insane but uh it's nice to be back in some capacity yeah no i I agree and let's actually just talk about that right now since you somewhat opened that up already like what is like the biggest thing that you've seen um change or maybe the biggest surprise that you've seen whether that be students coming back because if you don't know um all three of our churches are open to some capacity in our youth groups um meeting outside or inside and so what is something that that just maybe shocked you maybe something that you weren't expecting as you guys did open back up whether again it's students parents leaders just anything well i feel like it's like a uh extreme example of what we already know which is that like you can't please everybody you're going to make someone unhappy or offended in some sort of way like that's ministry and our we're always trying to navigate that well or you should at least try to navigate that well um but it's it's extreme like you see it in the news you see in the world Mm -hmm. there's the the maskers and the anti-maskers and like the in-between is kind of you those people aren't as vocal they exist but you know what i'm saying like 
they're not the ones you see. They're not the ones who are most outspoken. And so as we go back, we're trying to follow some protocols and do that sort of thing. Um, but then there's parents who are like, you know, why would you make my kid wear a mask? Mm -hmm. Like you're infringing on their rights. And then you got the other parents who are like, I'm not bringing my kid unless everybody has a mask yeah. and a face shield and gloves. And it's sort of like the, the two extremes. And you're just stuck there being like, I'm just trying. I know a youth pastor, me and Gary, we talked to a youth pastor uh, last week who like we've felt this, but they literally had two parents on both sides of that equation threaten lawsuits because Whoa. one was like, there's not enough people here masked up. And the other one was, how dare you tell my kid they have to wear a mask? And it was like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> so I think the extremes of that have been really evident in this time, you know? Yeah. I just people think people forget themselves and, and who they are. Like, yeah. it would not go well if a parent ever threatened me in any shape or form. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's true. It's, it's crazy times. But, you know, the one thing I think it really did just, if anything, it, it just um, reminded us of, of how important relationship is. Like, well, mm -hmm. the one thing I've always said is, is youth ministry is 80% relationship. It's yeah. just building relationships with students and all of those things. But what I think what, you've, what we've seen through all this is how important face-to-face -face relationship mm, is. Yeah. That you know, and, and I we know this. Social media only goes so far. Um, Texts only go so far. FaceTime even only goes so far. Being face-to-face -face with someone. I mean, we we saw students who were spiritually just falling apart, mm -hmm. and it's not because we weren't putting stuff out there for them to do or watch or be a part of. It's because they need that face-to-face -face, um, relationship and teaching and worship and. You know, and and we've got to get it back to all of that as quickly as possible. But yeah. I mean, for for me, that was just a great reminder, an example of it. We can't just this can't be the new norm. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that surprised me the most is just seeing students. Um, one, the decline from the viewership online that was a big surprising factor to me because I was like, oh, we have a we have a good solid group of kids, and even those solid group of kids were just like, I'm just so burnt out from just screen time and uh but the thing that surprised me the most was i was nervous opening back up and i think probably all of us were um just because i was like i really don't know who's going to show up and that's kind of like what ellie was saying i was just like whoever's here like that's who we're going to pour into and to see the the response we yeah. had when students started to when the very first service we had to see how many students came back and students that have never been before i was like okay, this is a sign like the students are tired of this as much as we are as youth pastors and youth leaders. Yeah. And I think like we've all learned a lot. Right. And and I think we've all like every youth pastor has learned that they probably weren't like utilizing social media mm -hmm. to the best of its abilities unless oh, you're like sure. elevation youth or something like that. But uh, I think the rest of us have like stepped our game up. And I was like, I remember doing the same thing all of us did like when we're you know, we went into planning. We did quarantine youth here in the SoCal network, which was for anyone listening who like doesn't know what we're referring to. It started out of just necessity, really. Yeah. Gary and me were talking the week of the lockdown in middle of March. And like we still were planning on having youth that week. And we meet on the same night on Tuesday nights and we do a lot of stuff together. We're only like 20 minutes away. Um, and so we were like, what if we we have to do it online? What if we did it together? We film it together. Our kids could watch, like, you know, work smarter, not harder. And I was like, I'm all about that. And then we got talking more throughout that week. And we're like, we're probably not the only ones in this scenario who are scrambling. So why don't we try to include other people, the SoCal Network, these connections that we already have. 
and uh we didn't even have a name for it <laughs> we were just using socal students instagram and doing a youth service the best we could with some type of game uh a message no worship we didn't do worship yeah. the whole time which i think was the right call but that's just like logistics of online service and i think it was like even in the comments section or throughout the thing we were like we named it quarantine youth and it, we had branding for it and it again it's like a history sort of thing we're gonna look back and wear the sweaters and the merch and be like that was crazy that we were all a part of that um but it was amazing what what we were able to do as the church and how awesome that was and i believe like we're gonna meet kids at camps and conventions who are like i got saved watching that instagram live or at quarantine summer camp i was watching youtube and david spoke and it changed my you know whatever like uh so there's going to be stuff we'll see from that but nothing compares to those relationships so we're trying to utilize social media at first and i think we all were like we got to do something every day i yeah. remember meeting with oh, our yeah. team and being like let's do we had like a a channel i think charlie we both kind of did that with our yeah. groups where it was like youth it was tv like, or whatever yeah. you know and we're doing and we we're doing lives and I had leaders, you know, one was doing a workout one, one was doing movie review. We were trying to just have fun and do all this stuff. And I'm glad we tried it. Yeah. But youth ministry is constantly trying things and they either fail or they work. Mm -hmm. And if they fail, you learn from them. And if they work, you keep doing them and you, you know. And so I feel like we saw a lot of things that just failed yeah. and we tried a lot. Uh, our hearts were in the right places. But again, nothing compares to relationships. And that's where I'm at as a youth pastor right now. Like, keep it simple, mm -hmm. stupid, you yeah. know, like just sort of going back to the basics and those things that used to work. I mean, Gary, in 29 years of youth ministry, you've always that's why I appreciate about, appreciate about Gary is he's never been the guy who's like you're. And that's what this podcast isn't. We're not a podcast that is saying you've been doing youth ministry wrong. Let us tell you <laughs> how to rework your whole ministry. To that's a pretty good voice, that right? That was a good but, voice. But uh, you you adjust and you assess what's going on in the culture. But ultimately, there are things that work. We're about yeah. connecting with students, being a place of community for students to belong to, and connecting them to Jesus. And so, whether you bring pizza and that helps kids, that always is gonna. There's things that are always gonna work, mm -hmm. and I think we're finding that those basics are uh super super powerful right now you know yeah no totally and to add on that you said something too that it's just like in youth ministry and especially in this time of quarantine and trying to just do random things and i've seen so many other di like different youth groups do some amazing things and then do some things that just they didn't work like for instance i thought netflix watch party was going to be the coolest thing mm -hmm. in the world and we had like one student and then i look on uh christian mad's instagram page and he has like 50 students tuned in i'm like well i suck as a youth pastor yeah but um on top of that what are some things that you guys seen maybe in your own ministry or in other youth ministries that have just like wow like this is something we can use even outside of covid19 well gary i'll i'll set gary up and i'll let him explain it because it's his youth ministries thing, but I thought uh, one thing when they were getting back to meeting in person and figuring out how to do that and keep it distant, which is like a struggle in and of mm -hmm. itself, Gary and his team came up with this idea called The Grid, which uh, I thought was brilliant. I've yeah. seen other youth ministries doing it, and if you're looking to like get back and you're unsure of how to get your kids invested in like coming back and keeping distant the grid is a genius idea it works for outdoor meeting um and so i'll let gary explain like what that is but i thought that was brilliant 
it's basically a giant chessboard, checkerboard type of thing where the squares are about six feet apart from each other. So you have every other square. You have a student in every other square. It's just really, uh, let's be honest, when we when we gather with students, it's not so much for the students. If we tell the students, you know, just roam free, have fun, they yeah. will. They don't care. But mm-hmm. it's parents that we're mm-hmm. dealing with. It's parents, and, and we want to give that visual of, yes, we are taking things serious. And so it's just finding ways. And for us, it was the grid. And I know others have used it too, but it's just finding a way to social distance. Sorry. <laughs> Dude. Sorry. We had barbecue right yeah, before this. Right before we recorded. That was a terrible idea. Um, you want to make sure it, you see that social distancing thing, see that you're trying to do the guidelines, but it's finding a way to still do youth without having all these kids so far apart that it just doesn't feel like yeah. they're connected anymore. So again, you can you can do different things. For us, the grid worked, but it's just finding things that give that visual effect that you're trying to do your best to keep these kids within the guidelines of whatever your city or state is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I mean, that's a big part of it. We, we were, all, I think all three of us would say, we encourage you to get back to meeting in person yes. as soon as possible. So it's finding whatever you have to do to yeah. make that happen. So I know there's some groups that have to wear masks the whole time, but they're in person and they're yeah. together. Do whatever you have to do, do whatever your, your senior pastor wants you to do, do whatever the city is making you do. Try to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get back in person together, I would say. Yeah. What I love about the grid, though, too, is it was taking something that like is like a burden, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, we got to be apart. And uh, so, I mean, you could just do it with chalk and make yeah. these little boxes. But what they were doing, too, was having kids like own their space yeah, so i know someone made theirs look like a um like a wwe wrestling ring they had like you could decorate it some kids brought out like the um like the van seats you know mm-hmm. so they and it was just cool kids had like beanie back like you could own your space and so it gives kids like it's, it makes something that sucks and that nobody is really excited about fun and yeah. and like that's what i like is like I'm not going to make this work against me. I'm going to make it work for me. And I think however you do that, we didn't do the grid at our group, Mm -hmm. uh, but I recognized how genius it was still. And, uh, you know, we, you just own it. You, whether it's a series that you do that makes it sort of like we've done stuff called like the great outdoors and you know, like you, you be intentional about it, but more than anything, just be glad that you can be together and, uh, and be safe. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that means your your context is like, well, we can't do that, even if it's outside and everyone has their masks on. So maybe it's just you as a youth pastor finding those kids and parents who are comfortable with connection and you go into a bunch of lunches, you know, yeah. and having lunch with people because that's that's what matters. Even a service doesn't change any student's life. I mean, it does. Yeah. Hear me. Right. Like services and messages are important. But I am who I am today. And I'd argue you guys probably feel the same way. Uh, not because of any one message or camp experience. They were very important in my life, but I am who I am from the moments of riding in my youth pastor's truck and just talking to him about life or, you know, going with him to lunch or to just hanging out, playing video games with him. Like that's what shaped me and and made me want to do youth ministry even. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think coming back to that is like, uh, it, it seems difficult, but even, you know, our group, our context, you know, we, average i don't i don't even know anymore like what (laughs) numbers but i went through the list of boys who regularly showed up because usually i'd be like i don't i don't think i could contact all of them Mm -hmm. you know whatever like i don't but i especially during quarantine i was like you know what whether i have to message them on instagram or if i have their number or i'm gonna find a way 
and I'm just going to let them know, hey, I miss you, like praying for you. How are you doing? And I did that with, with all of our boys. Something I thought I couldn't do, I just took a few hours out of my day, yeah. stopped watching a couple of YouTube videos. Yeah, we'll go watch the very first and I know episode. I know that like I'm uh, blessed to be able to do this full time. A lot of people aren't, but like you make time for what's important, and especially in this, uh, I realized, oh, I don't work out all the time because I don't have time for it. Yeah. I just like don't do it, you know? Like I think that's what co- like quarantine and the pandemic show people is like you make time for what is important and especially as youth pastors relationships yeah are like the most important thing over content, over experience. Those things help, but the most important what changes kids' lives is is those really deep core relationships. Yeah. And I, I think what like both of you guys are saying, just like the idea of relationship. I was surprised when we opened back up, there's those we all have those students in our youth ministries that just are kind of to themselves. They don't talk to anybody. And those were the students that came up and talked to the leaders like the very first opportunity they got. And I was like, OK, like these students, they're hungry. They want some kind of relationship. They want some kind of face to face interaction because obviously they're not getting in their schools because they're not back in person. I know maybe some of us um, watching or listening right now. Uh, you guys' school districts are open, but mine personally, Corona Norco's school district, they're not open. They're probably not opening until 2021. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, that's the crazy part. But with that actually even being said, um, this wasn't in the show notes, but it just came to my mind. With, like, some of the school districts not opening until 2021, I know there's a few different youth pastors and churches that I've talked to that they're not opening until 2021. And it was just, like, a hard set deadline. Like, that's when they're going to open up no matter what. And... Um, What's something that we can even just like think of or even let me say it like this, because I've also talked to a few different youth pastors that thought like this, that they feel like they're ready to open up, but their senior pastor is saying, no, you can't open up yet. Like what would what what would you guys do in that situation? I mean, you've got to you've got to honor who's in front of you. So if that's what the the plan is, then you you just have to adjust it and mm-hmm. and still make it happen. And yeah, it might mean you're still on Zoom, but I, I don't know what everyone's allowed. So like even when we were um, doing um, only online services for everything for youth ministry, uh, like uh, and I know you guys did this too. We would do nights where we would drive around, drop off pizza mm-hmm. at students' houses. Yeah. For Easter, we dropped off. I think we bought like 60 chocolate uh, Easter bunnies. Yeah. And we literally went to a bunch of different houses uh, one night and, and dropped these off to students. And we wore gloves and masks and that whole thing. But the idea was we still needed to figure out a way to have contact with our students. Yeah. And, and I can remember our students, like, we even we did some non-contact stuff. So we did some on um Instagram live contests mm-hmm. where we would do trivia and the winner, we would um, postmates their prize to them, you know, some ice cream or whatever. And so there's ways to do certain things. And, and I, again, we're talking about budget stuff as well, but it's figuring out how to do it while if you can't meet in person. There are ways. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, no matter how hard you try, it will not be the same. It is not the same as being in person. And but you don't give up. We, you know, we we're, we're called to be youth pastors. That doesn't mean we give up when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep pushing through. We keep figuring out a way. There's always a way. We just have to work hard on figuring it out. And, and right now, as much as social media can be a pain in the in the butt sometimes, um, especially in, in a pandemic or especially in the case where you can't meet in person, mm-hmm. um, it could be your greatest tool. Oh yeah. yeah, and I think that's what we were talking about earlier. Is like we all got screen fatigue yeah but it is something i don't think we really like we can utilize i mean like zoom groups uh if i have to do another one Mm -hmm. right now like i would rather 
just die. Like, you know, it just sounds awful. But uh, in the actual, like, frame of the future, it can actually be beneficial to use from time to time to get kids connected yeah. in. And uh, I think Instagram for us, and probably like a lot of people, really before quarantine was just sort of like a post on Tuesday, like a come to youth or maybe showing what our series was about. We were not utilizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is these students. This is like, that is what they're in right now. Yeah. This is what they respond to. And uh, so I think it's been cool to like try to use that space. Um, yeah. Cause there's also kids who aren't able to come on Tuesday nights. And so we were doing stuff like posting a little bit of like the message that we did a message in a minute and putting it on there for kids who couldn't be there to see or even just fun things like Mm. that's what i love is seeing all the i like i follow so many youth ministries and i love it and i try to engage as much as i can with them um because it's cool just to to use that space and know that it doesn't have to just be come to youth tonight or hey we have youth tonight you could do you know what i know uh cornerstone did this like hot takes challenge we had to you know comment a uh, controversial thing that's like raising canes is garbage and mm-hmm. i stand by that it's not good it's but okay uh to be wrong no it's it's bad um but it, just stuff like that and it was super fun i know av does that edge does that sometimes too and so like just being creative yeah. and like with the grid taking what if i could be like spiritual Ooh. you know taking what was you what what some people have written off as being like social media is the devil like i'm not you know redeeming that and being like i'm not gonna let that work against me i'm gonna be careful and i'm gonna be mindful about it i understand all that but i'm gonna i'm gonna make it work for us instead of against us you know and i know some youth pastors need to like i I know some youth pastors that are just it's almost overwhelming to have to continue to come up with content and all those things so do do little things that are easy wins give a student control of your instagram for a day yeah Um, i know a lot of youth groups that did that and and just say you know let the the students it's a student takeover of the instagram that's a whole day that you don't have to worry about instagram (laughs) you just let the student and other students are going to watch because they're interested in each other's lives it's a it's a reality tv show that's on their instagram for one of your students there's and then you deal with the uh yeah the 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 Afterwards. Why were they vaping on? The, why did they post? What does this word mean? I don't understand. Welcome to youth ministry. Yeah, no, exactly. But it takes some of that pressure off too. There's other things. Again, I feel I feel bad, and it's a tough place to be if you can't meet at all. Um, but there, again, you just have to dig deep, be creative, and even and not be afraid to to put it out there. Hey guys, I need help. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Also, yeah. know everybody listening to this, uh, our wives, whoever else is listening to it too. Um, like we're all in the same boat. That's what I love about this. Like yeah. this has been a really annoying time. But one thing that I like really is a weight off my shoulders because there's so much comparison in youth ministry of like, oh, mm-hmm. my group compared to their group, what type of youth pastor I am compared to that youth pastor, influence, Instagram followers, all that stuff that really doesn't matter. Because when it comes down to it, our our whole goal is to impact individual students' lives, you know? Yeah. And uh I think it's remembering that that's what's helped with all this, but also knowing we're all on the same page here. Some, Mm -hmm. some Instagram pages have more followers. Some groups have more kids that go, but ultimately as youth pastors, we're all in the same boat of trying to figure out what works again. Uh, And our budgets may be different and our context may be different, but that's what I like about being youth pastors. God is, God is like 
watching how you use the resource you've been giving. He's mm-hmm. never expecting you to to do, you know, I can't com- we we've talked about this before like like Mariners Church is a very big church. They have basketball courts and all these things and that's amazing. Uh but Josh Griffin and Doug Fields is yeah, the pastors like yeah. unfair. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh but I'm saying their context is different than ours, so I yeah. can't hold myself to the same standards as they have but what i love about it is josh griffin and doug fields are legends in youth ministry but we're all on this same zone of like mm-hmm. figuring it out again yeah. together um and that's one of the things i love about being youth pastors the camaraderie of it all of like there i feel like there's such competition for a while in it mm-hmm. and i'm so sick of that that's why like i already said me and gary we do we were ready at the beginning of this to do a joint youth ministry thing yeah. does that make like we weren't worried about the metrics of well how many followers will that gain your page and not my like there's no, i could care less as long as students lives are impacted and people's are feel connected have a place to go um and i think in the socal network we have a lot of that but i yeah. feel like it goes past that with download youth ministries and so many things that have nothing to do with the denomination it's just the heart of youth ministry and the heart Mm -hmm. of youth pastors um we need each other we're better together and especially in times like this we got to put all that stuff aside um because really it doesn't matter because these students need jesus right like it's simple but it's true like i believe in this generation we all do and i i believe in this generation in a way that I think they are going to change the world. Like we always say that it's the cool thing to say at a camp or whatever, but I, I genuinely believe it fully. Like these kids have the capacity to change the world and they have a fire to do it. And uh, I think they've been counted out a lot by mm-hmm. older generations and by other people. And it's our job to see that in them and to, to speak that over them and to help them get connected to God and, and watch him change their lives and change this generation. I'm, I'm excited for what's to come through this season because i think it's going to be amazing yeah. even though it's been difficult no yeah it has been and you guys were talking about just like the idea that it, you, you we don't strive to be the next like elevation church and i know there's to be honest like when i first started like there was those moments where for us the big church that's in our area is crossroads and you guys have probably heard of crossroads before it's in corona i'm like man i want to be the next crossroads i want to have 200 plus students that are my youth group just for junior high alone and there was something that I read in actually a Doug Fields book. I think it, um, Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. It was like the very first book I read in youth ministry. And I was surprised when he was at Saddleback. He said that when he was there, they only focused on a five-mile radius from their church. Outside the five-mile radius, they didn't do anything. And I thought that was interesting because obviously Saddleback's a huge church. Saddleback has a lot of students. And it was going back to the idea, it's like, Focus on your students that are within your area. It's not about being the next big thing. It's just about impacting the community that's around you. Yeah. And especially in this time of quarantine, it's just like, let's reach out to those students that are, are within the community because they're the ones that need it right now. Yeah, we can go and reach those lost students, and that's what we're called to do. But there's students that are within our own youth ministry due to quarantine and due to COVID that are hurting as well. And we just need to be there for them. Um, and I know we kind of talked a lot, but on that whole idea of social media, I loved what you said, Elliot. You're just like social media was just, okay, show up on Tuesday night. We have service and then maybe a recap afterwards. And I've, I fastly realized, especially in quarantine, when it was just when social media was just used as an announcement platform, it just became white noise towards students. And then Gary said it best. We was talking about student takeovers like students want to see other students. Yeah. 
I've seen it on my or our um, main youth page, and I can we can post hey youth is tonight with like nothing about like any students, and it gets maybe fifteen likes. And then I post something about students, students hanging out, student taking over our thing. And it just has the most traction and the most reaction from our followers on Instagram. So if you're sitting there today and you maybe you guys haven't opened yet, like get those students involved. It's just a text message and just be careful with who you put on there. Um, we've had those moments too before where we've put students and I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe yeah. that wasn't the best choice. <laughs> no, give done give them with... some guidelines for <laughs> sure. <laughs> with leaders too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, right now what I'd like to do is just take the, um, let's like flip the script. We talked a lot about those that haven't opened up and what are some things they can do, but for those that have opened up, I know we talked about maybe some of the wins that we've had, we've seen and some cool things that we want to implement. Um, and actually if, if we can just stay on that idea real quick, there was something that I saw both of you guys do and we kind of took it a little bit, but not to the extent that you guys did. So obviously during 2019, our senior class did not be able to graduate. And Gary and Elliot did something really cool. And I'm actually just going to let you guys explain it. Because I think this is something that even outside of COVID, it's something that we can do for our graduating class seniors and even our eighth graders that promote into high school. Yeah. Well, it was an idea that Gary told me about. And then I said, oh, I'm going to do that. Uh, which, again, too, as a youth pastor, just steal everybody's good idea. Like, we're all doing it. Don't think, especially if you're new to this, don't think you have to, like, contribute this new great idea that like you don't have to write a dissertation and and you know bring something new to the table uh don't be afraid to be creative right like there's nothing wrong with that but i don't think i've added anything as much as i've just taken what everybody else has done made it work for us but gary was like we're our 2019 class is graduating like they're not going to um or that was actually the 2020 class yeah Mm mm-hmm it's 2019 2020 they're graduating they're not going to actually get a graduation so uh what we're going to do and what we did as well is drive to every single student do like a drive-through graduation and that's what we did we had our kids we told them we told them to have their parents there they had like their caps and gowns and we just got them like a little printout you know youth ministry diploma and uh had some some of their favorite soda and snacks and stuff like that and we just went to every person's house with a line of cars like what everyone was doing for birthdays you know we just did that and i know people did that too like with families there was kids that i had to go to both we did our youth one and then i had to go to their drive-through one but it was awesome to just have a line of leaders and uh have like a little platform and we played music and we just cheered them on and made it a big deal because that is a big deal that is special and it felt like it got taken away from them and we were both talking afterwards and we we're like, this is something we could do pandemic or no pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like it made these kids feel so special um, that and I think there's a lot of that that has happened in COVID that has been like, why were we not doing this before? Yeah. Why were we not taking advantage of posting stuff on YouTube? Why were we not taking advantage of doing like a quarantine youth? Just take like, why weren't we doing this all along? And I think. That's the beauty of all this, that we figured things like that out, like that graduation thing that we did that was so powerful and like just spoke so much about how much we cared about these kids and meant a lot to them. Mm -hmm. And we can still do, you know, no matter what. It's just a reminder of little things that we can do during this time that I think are going to have a huge impact on people's lives. And 
you know, because it's not just those students that we're impacting by doing it, but it's their family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's their neighbors that are coming out and cheering for them yeah. that show, you know, that, yeah, we really do love these students, really do care about these students. And so it's just, again, everything we do has to be out of the box because these kids, while they, they missed out on some on some crucial things, they'll always remember this time. They'll mm-hmm. always remember these moments. And so, yeah, they didn't get the big graduation ceremony like the the next class will but they'll remember, yeah, my youth pastor, my youth leaders came by and did this whole presentation. And, you know, it literally it took like five minutes, 10 minutes at yeah. each house. But they'll remember that as graduation for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know? And out of bonus, you get out of going to graduation <laughs> ceremonies and they are the worst, dude. Oh, Hearing man. 900 names that you don't care about to cheer for. Don't you know yet the seven. key to graduation? Yeah. I, I haven't been to graduation since like year 10 of youth ministry, except I went to my kids. I felt like I had to go to my, <laughs> my kids' graduation. Why? I would just show up at the very end and show up for pictures. Yeah. That's genius. Just be like, hey, that was great. Yeah, man. It's true. But See, now you don't even have to do that. Yeah. Just drive to all of their houses in one weekend, and that's the move. I'm telling you, we just put you on to something right now. Yeah, that right there, that's the key to this whole podcast. Don't go to kids' graduations. <laughs> They're lame. They're so long. They're not fun. You're going to hear there's the never same shade. speech and everything. Yeah, there's never shade. And... uh it's the worst. And so this way you'd make everybody feel special and you don't have to go to a graduation. That is true. Thank you, COVID. Yeah, we're going to end the podcast on that. <laughs> um, but no, in this time, I think every single one of us has been forced to be creative in some type of way. And I know for me as a youth pastor, I was like, I'm not creative. I just come up and speak. And there's a team around me that's creative that does everything else. But I think a lot of us might even be thinking like that. And in this time of COVID, there's been a lot of creative juices flowing in everyone's brains. And I think there's a lot of things that we did that didn't work like we talked about and a lot of things that stuck and just take on to those things. And like Elliot said, there's a lot of things that we can if in a lack of a better term steal from other people no nope, that's the right term yeah steal it's not lack of a better term that's just like yeah just straight up steal stuff and from bigger churches smaller church, like it's that's the beauty of it yeah it doesn't matter like no one's out here trademarking doing a a twitch stream you know yeah, yeah some other group might be known for doing that but if your kids are really into that then like do that mm-hmm. and and get into the space that that they're involved in and uh cultivate relationships there because that's ultimately should be the end goal for everything we do is mm-hmm. like don't do it just to do it that's another thing that i learned in all this covid stuff is i felt like i had to do the same yeah. instagram post as everybody else or i had to put just as much out as everybody else and uh know your group know your students know like know your context and what you're called to um and then steal what works there don't just feel like <clears throat> you have to do stuff just because there was a church in the i think in the 90s it might have been the 80s but i think it was the 90s that trademarked the youth group name 180 and so <laughs> seriously any youth group that tried to use the name 180 they would sue them and say you can't what? use that it's name sick. and uh, and they took i thought that was so it was funny and also like yeah time. look how Look how like relevant that youth group name oh, stayed. I, I always wanted to name my youth group 360, so you're right back where you started when you get <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to um, trademark Avenue Youth, so oh, Ooh, watch out. Except you, except you did steal. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, but it's so, not trademarked yet. Again, it's Avenue. It's a verbal trademark. <laughs> Avenue. That's a great name, though, especially at, like a mall. Yeah. <laughs> Avenue. It's like a, it, it sounds like a, a um, 
a larger women's store. <laughs> I wasn't going to say You that, always but. do, though. So <laughs> The best part is... is Not when, on recording, though. <laughs> the best part is when we first... Oh, that, never mind. That's besides the point. We're not talking about Avenue and plus-size women clothing. Um, but as we do take this, <laughs> the route of uh, back to COVID, um, I think that a lot of times there's... Uh, in, especially in this time frame of quarantine and coming out of quarantine that we have student ministries that haven't seen the same like impact if I can say so um, of students coming back after reopening or even leadership wise or maybe getting pushed back from parents like you guys said he has had a conversation with someone that says oh don't wear a mask wear masks um, what can what's something that we can just say when those things do come up like maybe an encouragement because it, we can all on the outside and again this is a youth ministry podcast this is for youth pastors so it, we don't have it all together like there's moments like just this past last night we're meeting every other week and I had a student text me saying hey why aren't we going back this week like this sucks blah 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 and it makes me feel like am I even doing enough? And it, we're just to be real and honest, like there's going to be those moments in youth ministry, whether this is your first year or this is your 29th year, that you will have those moments. So don't think that you're the only one. But in this time, what's something that we can just say to encourage and maybe morale's low, leadership's low, student ministry's low? Um, what's something that just comes to mind? I just remind youth pastors that, you know, the difference between you and somebody else is you're called. Mm. You're called to youth ministry. You're called to be a youth pastor, and you can't take that lightly. Your calling doesn't end just because a pandemic hit. Your calling doesn't end just because all your students are coming back. You keep pushing. You keep going forward. Not every season is going to be great. Not every year as a youth pastor has ha, have we have I hit a home run every time and had the greatest youth leaders and the greatest amount of students. Like there's been years where there's been tough seasons. But it is. It's it's seasonal and it changes and and and, and we won't stay where we're at right now. But I would encourage any youth pastor. You know, you you continue to answer God's call in your life and your calling is youth ministry. And and there's going to be moments when you feel like maybe I'm not doing such a great job. But you've got to push through. God chose you wherever you're at. God chose you to be the youth pastor of where you're at for this time for this moment. I mean, we can all go back to you know for a time such as this. God chose you. There could have been any other person in charge of that youth ministry during this time, but he put you specifically as the youth pastor to lead this youth ministry during this time. And so, you know, take honor in that, take pride in that. And, you know, it, it, it's that when it gets tough, you, you push through, you keep going, you, you, you know, call other youth pastors and get encouraged and, um, you know, you don't miss the students that God has put in front of you. And, and you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take time for students to come back. It's going to take time for students to, to come forward. But you honor those that show up, yeah. um, whether they're showing up online or they're showing up in person. You honor those that show up. And, you know, there's I really do believe for every church, every youth group right now, there's a pruning process that has mm. taken place. And some people have really, um, where they're at in their walk with God has really been displayed openly yeah. right now and and you know there's some students that that needed this that needed to be tested that needed to to go through this and and there's some students that are going to shine out of it and there's some students that we're going to have to help pick up the pieces after it but that's what we're called to do yeah i think you said it right when it, when it said the pruning process and i'm going to even take this shift not to students but even leadership wise um 
I know we have a, a small size team, but through this time of COVID, there's been those leaders that are like, I feel somewhat called to youth ministry and to serve in youth ministry. And then there's some that are, I'm just here because I want to hang out or I'm here because I graduated last year and I didn't want to really leave youth ministry. And in this time, there was that kind of a pruning process for leadership wise as well, where you saw who your true leaders were and who the ones that were there that were again, for lack of better words, the ride or die leaders that are going to do whatever they can to impact the students in the community and impact the students that are in their youth group. But I think that was perfect, that pruning process. Yeah. I mean, for everybody struggling, know you're not alone. Um, And this won't be the last time you're struggling. Like next time it's going to be comparison or it's going to be whatever, but something to always come back to. It's something that like I heard Gary talk about in like a training one time and it's it's helped me stay where I am and uh, like push through the difficult moments of youth ministry um, no matter what. And it's to always bring it back to that one student, right? Like remember why you got into this. It's to see students' lives change, right? To To create a place of belonging so that that student who feels alone and is like on the verge of ending their life come in and feel special, Mm -hmm. feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves and ultimately get them connected, have a moment where Jesus shows up in their life right where they are and changes everything. That's what it's about. But again, that that becomes strategy and organization Mm -hmm. and developing leadership. And so I would say, like, bring it back to whoever that kid is at your group you know hopefully you know your students names but so like for me (laughs) i'll come back to gabriel Mm -hmm. right he's a kid who's been with me for a while he you know he uh he doesn't have a dad in his life he's being raised by a single mom he's a great kid he was on american ninja warrior kids like he's amazing amazing guy and i've been in his life and i'm committed to stay in his life because he's have a lot of people not do that right So anytime, whatever my issue is, right, whether it's I'm jealous that Mariners has basketball courts or that this group has 300 kids or whatever, I go back to, well, would I trade any of that for the relationship I have Mm -hmm. with Gabe, right? And the answer is no. And so even with the pandemic, all the difficulties of parents wanting masks, parents not wanting masks, meeting in person, doing stuff online, like it can make you want to give up. But would I trade any of that? The this you know amount of effort i have to put in for the relationship that i have with gabe and the answer is no and so i would say go back to that it helps to just remember you're not in it for the influence or the instagram followers or starting your own podcast whatever like all that stuff we're doing this not because we're like we think we're oh we we better start a podcast we again we we talked about in the very first episode um but ultimately we're just three youth pastors who are literally like it called in the trenches that are doing this and that have those kids that come to our minds and come to our hearts and hopefully even as you're listening to that my hope or my prayer is that like that kid is on your mind right now Mm -hmm. you can think of their name you could think of their face you could think of their story and even if it's just for them even if your whole tenure in youth ministry is just so that they grow up and start a family that breaks the generational curses that are on their life or that they don't have to make the same mistakes that their parents did right whatever that is that it's worth it. And that's what youth ministry is all about. And that no matter what we face, if we come back to that, we're going to be able to get through it because it's, you got to put a name and a face to it. Cause if it's just the name of your group or the, you know, then your Instagram, it's not going to mean something. But when you go back to that face and that story and all of that, you're not going to trade it for anything. Um, 
and you're going to push through even when it's tough. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. And there's something I want to add on to that as we talked about um, discouragement and just the things that are coming through all of this. Um, one of them is that I thought that I was going to get a lot was from parents and parents saying, oh, why haven't you done this? Or I even got it when I was talking to a few parents because I wanted to make sure. Um, and if you haven't opened up yet, I encourage you, if, if you have some committed parents that are that you know that your students are going to, which we should, um, reach out to them. That's the one thing I did. I wanted to double check and see it because I felt I was we were ready to open. And I reached out to a few different parents and talked to them. And I was surprised with how many parents were so willing and ready. I think really what it was was they were tired of having their kids inside yeah. the house all the whole time. <laughs> um, but if you're on the on the fence right now thinking, man, should we open, should we not open? One, just make sure that you guys have the ability to keep it a safe zone. But two, I don't think you will have as much pushback from parents, at least in our area. There will be a few that are saying, why are you guys doing this? But for us, it wasn't it was hardly any really. I'd but I think even parent and I, I have a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think parents are starting to see how much it's affecting their kids and just to be at home. I mean, they're doing school online, their whole world's online and it's not healthy. Like, yeah. It's not physically and mentally and especially spiritually healthy for these kids to be in that kind of shutdown. Like if their whole life is um, online, like if my teenager, if we let him, his whole life would be online on video games, online on TikTok, his whole world would be virtual. And, but he, but we can see when that begins to happen in, in his life, he just kind of, you can see it in his attitude and just mm-hmm. his, his well being. And he needs to be outside. He needs to laugh. He needs to skate. He needs to surf. He needs to be around his friends. Um, and he needs to be a church. And, and when he is, there's such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I think parents, um, I, I hope that parents are starting to realize that, that, our kids need like they're if if we're keeping them healthy and away from this pandemic, but yet spiritually they're dying. Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. As a as a parent, I would agree <laughs> with that. You know, Sawyer he'd be online all the time if I let him. But uh, yeah, um, there there was something that came to my mind, and we had uh, recently we just had a big staff meeting. And there was something our senior pastor said. And I think is can attain to everyone listening right now. Um, there is a lot of bad that came from COVID, but there's a lot of good that came from COVID. And one of the biggest things that I think for us as a youth ministry and us as a church, that one of the biggest things that's cool, and it, this goes across the board, is COVID-19 gave us a clean slate where we can come back and rebrand our youth ministry yeah. and do things that we've never done and make it the new normal. Um for instance, it's like we're doing outdoor services. And to me, that's something that's going to stick for a while. And there's certain things like we just got a few different skate equipment things. And now we have so many different random skaters that show up because they want to skate. And there's just so much um, freedom, really. Like we're legit with a a clean canvas. And if you haven't opened up yet, even if you have opened yet, I I encourage you guys with that same creativity that we've had when it comes to what do we post on Instagram? Let's start thinking about what are some things we can do in our youth ministry to make it different. And yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, get rename it Avenue Youth. Don't rename it 180. You're gonna get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's, and still that's a thing. probably not like a good name. Yeah. Unless you're listening, and that's the name of your youth group. In that case, that's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost some viewers or some listeners. Yeah. Oh All man. All those 180s. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll cut that out. Um, 
but yeah, just just take this and really own it because again, we can focus on the negative of it, but there's a lot of positive that can come yeah. from from COVID nineteen. Well, you know, we I've been saying this to our church, but also to other youth pastors is we we kind of have this um, right now is really kind of a big time. Like you can either lay back and let mm. just take what the world throws at you, take what the guidelines are, take all of these different things, or you can um, lean forward. And start moving forward in your youth ministry. Start moving forward in the way you're doing it. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't be reaching new students right now. Yeah. Like, there are students that are part of our youth ministry that have never been a part of our, our youth service indoors. Um, because yeah. we've made the decision. We're leaning forward. So I yeah. would tell you, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're in youth ministry, lean forward. Don't just lean back and just take it. Lean forward. Have a plan. Start planning for next year. Start getting vision for January and yeah. February and March and this summer. And, um, you know, we don't have to just sit back. Move forward. Start looking ahead. God's going to give you vision for the, what's to come. And and I'll be honest. I've said this, too. I don't believe 2020 is done yet. People yeah. are writing 2020 off as one of the worst years ever. Man, I really believe the, the best is yet to come in November and December, that we're going to see things happen in youth ministry and in the church that we've never experienced before. But it's not going to happen if we are just playing defense yeah no that's good that is good i think that's actually a perfect spot right there just to, to wrap up our technically very first episode is there anything else you guys want to add on to that no i think we should roast youth ministry names next time <laughs> special <laughs> podcast is just <laughs> making fun of youth ministry names there's okay. some winners out there <laughs> yeah i i think we should do that there's some that definitely need to be retired yes there's a on, on the dym um, facebook page someone put a thread what some of the worst youth uh, youth ministry names that you've seen? Yeah, and man, was that list long? Like it, I legit sat there and was just like, "This is making my day right now." Reading these, there's so many that are the same. It's true. <laughs> that yeah. is very true. Yeah, that's why we were like, oh, "There's this big church by us called Crossroads Youth or Crossroad Church," and everybody listening is like, "Yeah, there's a church by me called Crossroad <laughs> Church too." So yeah, yeah, Crossroads Corona, but. Guys, we just want to sponsor. Say, yeah. Cross, <laughs> we'd like to thank Crossroads Corona for sponsoring this video. Uh, yeah, if you guys, if anyone wants to um, sponsor us, no, we're playing. But um, guys, no, we're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> we need to pay for the sound equipment somehow. Um, yeah. But guys, we are um, guys and girls. We are so excited and um, just grateful that you guys are tuning in and listening to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Students Ministries. Um, if you guys have any um, requests or any questions or topics that you want us to talk about, um, you can reach out to either Elliot, Gary, or myself, or reach out to our Instagram page, SoCal Students, and we would love to um, talk about those questions. But Also, be ready. We're going to be reaching out to some youth pastors, having mm -hmm. people on. It's going to be great. Yeah, and with this, too, we're going to launch, um, for SoCal Student Ministries, we're going to be launching an Instagram um, just for SoCal youth pastors. And yeah. so this will, a lot of the information for this will be on that Instagram. No students allowed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think well, students be like, this is boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. Usually Elliot and Gary are funny. They're yeah. not funny. <laughs> They're just making fun of us. Just telling us about <laughs> information. <laughs> well, um, Elliot, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Gary, thanks for being here. And uh, we will see you for episode two coming out in next monday actually every monday we'll be releasing these but every monday yeah thank you guys make sure to leave a comment and review subscribe to our youtube i'm planning on subscribe to our youtube but legit but no they, they could so yeah, students could. has a youtube channel they could i don't know where this closing is going but again uh leave a comment leave a review uh we'd love that but we will see you on the next episode bye see ya <laughs>